so we are prepared to continue our adventure into cap, uh, chapter 21 of Canto 11, Explanation of the Vedic Path by Lord Sri Krishna to Uddhava. And this morning we are, whatever time it is in your time zone, we have reached uh, uh, text 31. Uh, you may recall uh, text 29 and 30, which was a, a couple of texts together. Uh, uh, Krishna has been discussing in this section the faults of the path of sense gratification, especially those people who are following the Vedas but are still dedicated to sense gratification. Uh, and using the injunctions of the Vedas is actually, well, it's okay. You know, it's okay that, uh, that, that uh, the Veda allows sense gratification must be okay because, because it's there in the Vedas. And so he calls these people in text 29 and 30, which are, are translated together, uh, as those who are uh, Vishaya Atmaka, uh, uh, sworn to sense gratification. Uh, Vishaya is our sense objects and then Atmaka. Dedication to sense gratification is uh, their beating heart. Those who are sworn to sense gratification cannot understand the confidential conclusions of Vedic knowledge and hear Paroksham uh, 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 me matam paroksham, which is confidential, is translated here. Uh, para, we talked this before, para aksha, beyond the, the range of your eyes. And so confidential, hidden, um, out of sight, <laughs> you can say, and literally. Uh, the confidential conclusions of Vedic knowledge is explained by me. Taking pleasure in violence, they cruelly slaughter innocent animals and sacrifice for their own sense gratification and thus worshipped demigods, forefathers, and leaders among ghostly creatures. Such passion for violence, however, is never encouraged within the process of Vedic sacrifice. Now, that's, now, now we're going on. From there uh, to text uh, text thirty one. So now we'll start there with this uh, part. Om namo bhagavate vasudevaya. Om namo bhagavate vasudevaya. Om namo bhagavate vasudevaya. So in thirty one, Lord Sri Krishna says here, <coughs> Swapno. Pamam amum lokam asantam shravana priyam ashisho hriddi sankalpya chajantiyartan yata vanik. So the running translation is that uh, just as a foolish businessman who is actually, that's the vanik, the last word in the text is the businessman, the vanik. So sometimes you have to reverse the order of things, you know, when you translate them. So, so that's the example, yatavanik, uh, like a businessman, uh, and uh, 
they uh, add this word foolish, just as a foolish businessman gives up his real wealth and useless business speculation, foolish persons give up all that is actually valuable in life and instead pursue promotion to material heaven, although pleasing to he- which, although pleasing to hear about, is actually unreal like a dream. Such bewildered persons imagine within their hearts that they will achieve material blessings. Uh, uh, that's, that's the running translation. And we start, if you look at the text, Swapna uh, Upamam Amum Lokam. That place, uh, that world, that is after death. The, the, here we're talking about Svarga, the heavenly planets, and so that's their destination, those realms of the gods, the enjoying gods. Uh, those, uh, uh, those things are upama, equal to svapna, a dream. They're no more real than a dream. That doesn't mean they don't exist. Dreams actually exist too. <coughs> But, but uh, Prabhupada once talked about uh, a materialistic person in this world. He says, all they really have is a little mental satisfaction. And he gives the example of a man who has to work really hard uh, to make money uh, to support his, his family in the style to which they're accustomed and which is demanded by his social circle. So in order to, to do that, he, he, he has to work many, many hours, you know, no eight-hour day for this guy, you know, 12 hours at least, often, so often on business trips and everything. He never even gets to go home, only rarely. And so he's working very hard, so his, his uh, 2.5 children have, have uh, that's the average, have, uh, let's say he has three, uh, they are, are, are going to good schools, uh, receive, uh, uh, you know, the braces and everything else, are enrolled in the dance classes and everything like that, all the expensive stuff that they need, that the house is suitable establishment, establishment for maintaining his position in society, that his wife is nicely dressed and also belongs to the right clubs and everything like that. So he's working really hard. And, and he's barely at home himself. And so what is he, what's his pleasure? Oh, I have a nice house. I have a beautiful family. I have a nice wife. I said all he enjoys is a little mental satisfaction. <laughs> and at the end, you, maybe that's all you can say, you know. At the time of death, well, you know, I, I was famous for a little while. I, I you know, I, I had, had, uh, had uh, 2,000 Facebook friends. I had... You know, you could have a little score. I, 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 I'm going to have a really good obituary in the New York Times, you know, so <laughs> then you die and you give it all up. It's just a little mental satisfaction, you know. <laughs> so anyway, uh, I was a good consumer. <laughs> I made my contribution to the American economy by spending far more <laughs> than I was earning. <laughs> so... So this is the Svapnopamam Amumlokam Asantam. These places are Asantam. They are unreal. Uh, unreal means 
they have no substantial. What is real is what is eternal, according to Vedic standards. And, and everything else is like smoke blowing over the landscape, you know, like clouds coming and dissolving. Huh? Uh, and then they, there's Shravanam Priyam, uh, enchanting to hear about. But that's it. Uh, that's it. There, there, it's like like a, a like a dream, shravanam, priyam. Yeah, you like to hear about it, but they're saying here that's all. And then here's you finally get to the the what you're talking about, ashisha, ashisho here in the text, ashishaha, uh, which is which is and the word for word is uh, uh, mundane achievements in life, uh, uh, ashishaha. Uh, the word ashisha, ashisha, with a long A first, ashisha, the uh, basic meaning is a blessing or a benediction, uh, something you wish for or something you want. A world, sometimes Prabhupada translates it as worldly benediction, as the object of your desire, of your aim of, of life. Mahashisha occurs in the Bhagavatam, a great blessing. Uh, uh, and uh, uh, there's this interesting word in the, in the Bhagavatam, Tirtam Mashisham Ya Pakam, a place of pilgrimage, a Tirtam, that uh, uh, bestows Ya Pakam Ashisham, your desire. You bathe in this lake and you'll get this kind of thing, you know. Those, that, this word Ashisha is the general word for blessing or benediction often worldly, uh, 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 and as it is here, that's what they want, uh, this ashisha. Uh, uh, so it's, uh, which, uh, um, uh, yeah, so where were we in the world? There's only chanting to hear about. Uh, uh, and uh, Sankalpa, uh, it's a, they uh, yeah okay ashisha really sankalpa they um, sankalpa uh, here is translated something sankalpia something that they imagine I mean the word sankalpa is and the basic idea is is something you grasp in your mind but then of course most of us in ISKCON know about it if there's a sacrifice there there the first thing in the ritual is a sankalpa which in their case means a vow or determination to perform some ritual observance or your declaration of purpose when you're performing this. Uh, what I, what I'm, why I am doing this. That's the sankalpa. It's one of the things listed in the ritual. But the basic idea here where he translates it as imagination, it's just, it's just an idea formed in the mind or heart, your sankalpa. And therefore it means your will or desire or purpose. So their sankalpa uh, is uh, they, they, this ashisha. These, they'll get this uh, benedictions. Uh, uh, so such bewildered persons imagine within their hearts they will achieve all material blessings. Uh, and so they are like... Uh, 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 a, a businessman... They give up their wealth, their real, their arta. But here, here, arta is translated as wealth, 
for the example of the businessman. But if they give up the real pur- artha, also just means purpose, or, or, or uh, they they give up their everything that's really worthwhile, just the way like a businessman does. So a businessman, uh, one who takes his accumulated money and then decides to invest it in bitcoins or <laughs> or some speculative venture uh, that's high risk and, and loses everything. They, they make a bad investment. So that's what that's the example of the businessman. They squander away. They have actual some actual assets. In other words, the asset of human life is that one can achieve ultimate liberation, go back to Godhead. That's the real, that's what you've got. If you've got a human birth, you, we have that potential that comes with the body. You know, some, some of us, because of our past karma, are more or less facilitated for it, but anyway, it's there. And according, at least from the Vaishnava point of view, if you're a human, you can do it. No matter how bad your karma is, you can at least, you know, use the human form of life to make progress. Even if you don't get all the way, at least next birth you'll pick up where you'll go on the progressive path. And if those of us are here today in a human birth, have probably done that in the past. We're continuing something that we started uh, a number of lifetimes ago. So that's that's. So if if whatever time one spends on spiritual advancement, that is not lost. That's you get to take it with you, uh, and and you pick up devotion. Prabhupada remarks that devotional service is a continuation from your previous life, and of course we may have done some. We may have done some even unknown devotional service. You know, if, if you're just a decent guy, you're just a nice guy, and you help people out, some of those people you may help out are devotees, and instead of just being mundane charity, that starts to become actual devotional service because those people uh, will take what you help you give them and use it in Krishna service so that, that there's a chance to perform devotional service uh, in that way, even without knowing it. Uh, so that's why, so that, that's the example of the businessman, the, the foolish businessman. Like, like a, you've got wealth, and you squander it on some imaginary prospect. I got a phone call the other day, uh, uh, picked it up, that somebody I didn't know telling me this is to inform you that the that the that that the, that the federal government is now giving away grants uh, 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 now giving away a, a number of grants and we've discovered that you are eligible for at least ten thousand dollars <laughs> and I knew right away and I just said I'm sorry I don't take money from the government. <laughs> But you could you could see so oh yeah well you know somebody somebody might you know because you'll find out you have to give them your social security number your bank account or whatever you know so there's there's a lot of times where people are looking for something for nothing you know and and, uh, and then Prabhupada uses the example of the cheaters and the cheated that 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 somebody who buys into something like that often is being told. You know that yeah, that that you know you get you that that you you can get something for nothing, 
and, and so so they're also cheaters. They think. Uh, 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 so you know, many of us have gotten these mails from from somebody in Nairobi who wants to tell you that they've got there's, they've they've got they've got you know a huge bank account and all they need to do is get the money out and if you can just you know help them give us a bank account number we can deposit your account and you can take yeah anyway you're just thinking you're gonna help cheat help them cheat you know so. Uh, uh, um, yeah, uh, so let's see. Uh, Vishnu Chakravarti uh, uh, Thakur says uh, here uh, about, about the, these businessmen, uh, people who are like these, these uh, people, like the foolish businessmen. He says, moreover, they have very little intelligence. Uh, uh, desiring pleasant life, desiring pleasant next life and blessings in this life, these two things, which are as if unreal, but at the same time, not confirming those results because it is difficult to do so, they spend their wealth in performing karmas. Uh, Similarly, a merchant with a desire for great wealth to be attained by crossing a difficult ocean gives up his present wealth and then ends up with nothing. You have to remember, especially trades with difficult, you know, the, the former high-risk investment was in, in some, we have a cargo of something and we're going to file up and take to this other place and then sell it there. It'll be worth more money. We have to cross the ocean. And that's risky when you cross oceans. Ships get attacked by pirates. They get overturned by stone, uh, storms and, uh, and so on. So that's always been that. The risky investment, you know, the Merchant of Venice was about Venice, a seafaring uh, country, by made their money by by that kind of trade. But there was always a, a risk. So they, uh, 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 so he, yeah, so he he remarks about these people that they 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 are uh, like that, uh, uh, and uh, here. Uh, Yeah, the same thing on the VBT. Uh, uh, mentioning the phantasmagoria of bodily happiness. Uh, uh, same uh, same ideas there. Uh, so now we're with text number uh, 32, we'll go on to the next text. Uh, continuing uh, the, this this discussion of these these people who are following the the Vedas, but not actually uh, uh, understanding their purpose. Uh, yeah, ra, uh, here it says, Raja Sattva Tamo Nishta, these we should recognize, uh, passion, goodness, uh, and ignorance, Nishta. Raja Sattva Tamo Nishta, Raja Sattva Tamo Jusha, my little pair of there's uh, Nishta and Jushaha. Uh, Upasata Indra Mukyan Devadin Nayataiva Mam. And those established in material passion, goodness, and ignorance worship the particular demigods and other deities headed by Indra uh, who manifest the same mode of passion, goodness, or ignorance. They fail, however 
who properly worship me. Uh, so here it gets personal. <laughs> Krishna says, huh? So notice this, Raja Sattva Tama Nishta. Those people who are Nishta, fixed in or established in, the Nishta is one stage and the advancement of Krishna consciousness where you become, you're, you're, you're fixed up, as Prabhupada put it, fixed up in Krishna consciousness. Uh, it has now become natural to you uh, to make advancement in Krishna consciousness at that stage of Nishta. Raja, Sattva, Taman, Nishta. But here, those people who are uh, established uh, in the material mode of uh, passion or goodness or ignorance. That is all materialistic people. And those people are uh, 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 worship those uh, de- uh, deities who are similarly Raja, Sattva, Tamo, Jushaha, uh, uh, who, who manifest those uh, qualities. Uh, as so it said, those established in material passion, goodness, is ignorance, worship the particular demigods and other deities headed by Indra, Indra Mukyam, those of which Indra is the head. Uh, he's known as the Indra, means king. Or, uh, uh, so, so he's the, the, the head of the, of the, of the of the enjoying and supervising deities. I mean, there's others above Indra, of course, uh, Brahma, Vishnu, Shiva, the, uh, the Guna avatars of the Lord. But anyway, that he's, he's not really the head, but of, of a certain uh, groups, you know. Upasata, Indra, Mukyam, Deva, Adin, and other other deities. Deva, Adi means and other gods. And then he says. Na yata eva mam, but not me. They exclude Krishna because he does not make the same kind, personally does not make the same kind of promises uh, uh, that, that they do. So uh, uh, it's interesting to note now and uh, the, uh, uh, the purport to this in the, in the BBT, uh, it says that although the demigods are, are part and parcel of the Supreme Personality of Godhead, uh, so they are. I mean, in some, some sense, I mean, Krishna has talked about this. They, uh, although the demigods are part and parcel of the Supreme Personality of Godhead, demigod worship fosters the false idea, idea that the demigods exist apart from the Supreme Personality, from the Supreme Lord. Such worship is avidi purvakam, or an improper approach to the Absolute Truth. Avidi purvakam. We, we should recognize, they don't mention this, but, uh, uh, but this is, of course, from the Bhagavad Gita. And the phrase avidi purvakam in a wrong way. Here in the text, this idea is conveyed by yata eva, not yata eva, but not in the right way, uh, not in the proper way. So the, the, the phrase avidi purvakam, referring to the, the worship of the devas, actually occurs two times in the Bhagavad Gita. Uh, here, 
uh, uh, 9.23, uh, uh, where Krishna says, Yepi Anya Anya Devata Bhakta, Yepya Anya Yajante Shradayan Vitaha, Vitaha Tepi Mam Eva Kontaya Yajanti Avidi Purvakam. Those who also who worship Anya Devata, other deities, uh, uh, they're called Bhaktas here. Anya Devata Bhakta, who are worshippers of other deities. Uh, and they worship uh, Shraddhaya Anvita with faith. Uh, uh, they te mam. They also worship me because they're worshiping a part of Krishna. So that worship is, is in a sense, it's Krishna worship, he says. But he, then he says, they do it avidi purvakam, which means in a wrong way. I actually looked up that phrase in the Sanskrit dictionary, and it says, uh, uh, not according to rule. It's they worship me in an improper way. It's worship, but it's... So here, this is talking about those people who, who... uh, they were, he's, Krishna, this says, those who are devotees of other gods and who worship them with faith actually worship only me, O son of Kunti, but they do so in a wrong way. That's, that's Prabhupada's English translation of it. It shows up again uh, describing the demons. Uh, uh, in 1617, uh, Atma sambhavita shraddha, excuse me, Atma sambhavita shraddha, dharma mana madan vitaha, yajante nama yajnaste, dambena avidhi purvakam. Self complacent, Atma sambhavita, describing the demons, they are self complacent, self satisfied, stabda. As impudent, dhana, uh, mana, uh, mada, uh, anvita, absorbed, well, d- deluded by wealth and false prestige. Uh, yajante, they perform, they, they, they sacrifice. Yajante, nama yajnas, they sacrifice in name only. In the name of sacrifice, they, they perform sacrifice only in in, in the name Dhambena, uh, uh, out of pride. Uh, uh, they proudly perform uh, sacrifice in name only, and then avidipurvakam, without following their rules and regulations. So there, there's two places where this idea occurs that people are doing some kind of worship of devatas or worship of Vedic sacrifices, but it, it, it's, uh, it's improper. So here this, they fail, however, to properly worship me because they're in the uh, uh, modes of... Uh, uh, they're in the modes of nature, nature and they have no desire to, to really... Uh, uh, become transcendental to those modes. 
So then uh, we come to 33 and 34, which are, uh, are, are together. And this then, with this we get come to the conclusion of these people who are followers of the Vedas but actually don't understand the purport. And of course this has also been clearly explained in the Bhagavad Gita uh, uh, too. So he, his, here we go with uh, 33 and 34. Ishtveha uh, Devata Yajnaya, here's Devata Yajnaya by the sacrifice to the Devas. Ishtva means that first word Ishtva Iha, Ishtveha, Ishtva Iha, offering sacrifice here. Iha here often means in this world. Gatva Ramshamahe Dri. Now it's quoting them. Gatva, uh, we will go. <laughs> uh, 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 in, in the future, Divi, Tasyanta Iha Buyasman, Buyasma, Mahashala, Mahakulaha, Evam Pushpitayavacha, Bakshipta Manasam Renam. Maninam chati lubdhanam madvartati narochate. The worshippers of the demigods think, we shall worship the demigods in this life, and by our sacrifice, our sacrifices, we shall go to heaven and enjoy there. When that enjoyment is finished, we shall return to this world and take birth as great householders in aristocratic families. End of quote. Quoting them, their mentality. Being excessively proud and greedy, such persons are bewildered by their flowery words of the Vedas. They are not attracted to topics about me, the Supreme Personality of Godhead. So that's, here he's he's, uh, uh, quoting them here. Ishtva, Iha Devata Yajnai. By our sacrifices offered here in this world to the demigods, we sh- we shall go there uh, and enjoy. Divi means uh, heaven in heaven. And at the end, uh, ante when it ends up, because they know that if you go you go to the the, the heavenly planets, which are described as very attractive. Basically, you have the main ingredients of happiness. Uh, as imagined here in this this world, which is well, in the in my younger days, it was described as three: sex, drugs, and rock and roll. Uh, and there's a these are a crude imitation of what's there in the heavenly planets, because uh, there's the, uh, the the apsaras, the heavenly courtesans or society girls, as Prabhupada calls them. They're dancers and super expert. You know, somebody like Marilyn Monroe, they obviously had some, you know, with, with this incredible sexual charisma and all this kind of stuff. And uh, so then, you know, uh, that's what's there, the Apsaras, uh, in the court of Indra. And they're very skilled, very, very high, very, very high-class courtesan. 
drugs. They have somor, somoras, soma. Uh, that's their, their, the nectar that they, they drink. Uh, uh, a heavenly intoxication. Uh, and the musicians are Gandharvas, the poets. So, so they enjoy this really, really very refined, actually, by our standards, sense gratification. Somebody like Shakespeare seems to have been a fallen Gandharva, you know, who could <laughs> offer, like, a very uh, compelling in- entertainment. So that's what's there, the same trio of, of things, but on a, on a very high level. And you just have, you know, you just have a great time. And these are your rewards of your piety, of your sacrifice. You follow the Vedas and you've got this. So they're thinking, yeah, we, but we know it will come to an end. You, 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 and the Vedas say you come back down. But when we come back down, we shall be uh, Mahashala. Uh, 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 the word shala means a, a big building or a hall. You know, uh, also a goshala for cows, you know. Uh, so uh, a mansion. You still see, you know, in England, the old historic mansions are called, you know, North Bridge Hall or something like that, or this hall or that hall, you know, like a huge building in your estate. Uh, so the, and that actually, the word hall comes from the Sanskrit word shala. Uh, you can trace it back, hall. Mahashala, we shall be great householders, you know, we shall be, and Mahakula, and members of great dynasties or aristocratic. We come back down, but not so bad. (laughs) We'll still be, you know, on the top level of society and everything. That's what they think. Evam pushpita havacha. So, for these people whose minds... Uh, are bewildered by these flowery languages of Vedas. And then these people are, who are these people are uh, Manina. Uh, remember, uh, for the vow for advancement of Christian consciousness is the opposite. Ah, Manina. Manadena. Not expecting respect from others, but here is really wanting to expect from others. You know, you should recognize my greatness. If you don't do that, there's something wrong with you. Uh, so these are manina. But the real advancement is the other way. A manina. And then manida, giving respect to others. So this and atiludna. Uh, they're very greedy. That ati is, you know, very not just lubda, but ati lubda. Uh, and those people, madvarata apina rochite, they have no attraction to uh, uh, topics about me. Uh, the word, the word here, uh, uh, varta. Uh, uh, in the ordinary sense of the term, it's one's way of life. Sometimes it just means your way of life according to var, var, your path, you know, Varnashram Dharma. But then it can also a description of that. So then it's used here also for Krishna's pastimes or Krishna's activities, his, his uh, spiritual uh, varta. Uh, so that's Krishna's judgment. <laughs> 
uh, kind of scathing, <laughs> but it's just him and Udava, you know, they're talking together. <laughs> and uh, uh, that, that, that's what, what he thinks of these uh, people. Now we've finished with that section. Now uh, I guess maybe we can get started. We have a, uh, some more time. We probably won't be able to... to uh, uh, yeah, uh, anyway, we'll see how far we can get. Because now, starting with text 35 and going up to 43, uh, which is the end of the chapter, we're going to, uh, Krishna is going to discuss uh, the the esoteric, uh, exoteric, uh, and esoteric features of Vedic sound. Uh, because he is mentioned earlier uh, in text um, uh, uh, yeah, in text 30, that's where it was, the, the word paroksham. Uh, they, those who are sworn to sense gratification can un, cannot understand the confidential conclusions of Vedic knowledge as explained by me. And for confidential, this word paroksham, I mentioned this at the beginning, is here. And so now Krishna is going to turn back to that idea and try to explain the, why and how the Vedas are paroksha. Uh, why they are uh, confidential and how they are confidential. Uh, so he begins this, and that, that little, uh, little journey into the confidential nature of Vedic sound uh, uh, will continue the rest of this chapter. So here he starts uh, in text 35, Veda Brahmatma Vishayas Prikanda Vishaya Ayine, Paroksha Vada. So here, the Aparoksha is not hidden here, Paroksha. Uh, paroksha Vada, Vishaya, uh, Parokshaam Mama Cha Priyam. So twice the word Paroksha is mentioned. So you, you get repetition like that, it's, it's often for. Emphasis. So that's the important word here, paroksha, paroksha. Uh, uh, he's, uh, so the running translation is the Vedas divided into three divisions ultimately reveal the living entity as pure spirit soul. Mm-hmm. That is the Brahma Atma, Brahma Atma, Veda, Brahmatma, uh, Vishaya. So here Vishaya, which is sometimes an object of sense gratification, and so here it means subject. Uh, that is to say, uh, what's, you know, the, when we say the subject of a sentence, you know, what the sentence is about, this same sense of subject. Uh, vishaya, uh, 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 this is the, 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 the real subject matter of the Vedas, Brahmatma, uh, uh, the understanding that the spirits, uh, the soul is pure spirit. Uh, but to say, say the Vedas divided into three divisions, Trikanda uh, Vishaya, uh, uh, that, that, that subject matter appears in uh, the, uh, the Vedas as, as three, three divisions. 
And notice Vishaya, uh, uh, Veda Brahmarta Vishaya. On the one hand, th- this uh, this the the real subject is Brahmatma, but nevertheless, uh, the, it, the, it's three khanda, uh, three sections. And it says here, uh, 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 you know, word for word, which represent fruitive work, worship of the demigods, and realization of the absolute truth. Karma khanda, upasana khanda and uh, Paramatma, or Atma, uh, Brahmatma, uh, uh, Kanda. Uh, uh, uh. And then he said, uh, Parokshavada Rishaya, the sages, when it says the sages here, who spoke the Vedas? I mean, the, the Vedas come to us from the mouths of sages. We always think of them as books, but it was a long time before they were written down. They were spoken uh, by the sages. They had their realized knowledge. They were able to channel uh, uh, the Vedas. Uh, And uh, the sages, the Vedic authorities, you see in the word for word, the Vedic seers, uh, and also uh, they say the mantras, that's what they say, deal in esoteric terms. Uh, this is this paroksha, indirect explanation, here word for word, as paroksha. Uh, 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 the, the sense, the meaning of it is not evident. You can, maybe you can see it, but you won't be able to see it. Huh? And paroksha vada rishaya, so the uh, Vedic authorities speak esoterically and paroksha uh, mama priyam and this kind of paroksha is dear to me Krishna says I like it huh? <laughs> it is it is uh, something that is uh, dear to me uh, and so uh, this is what we, uh, this part we want to spend a little time on. Uh, uh, Vishwanath Chakravarti uh, says, uh, this summarizes the topic. He says, the Vedas are divided into three, Karma Kanda, Brahma Kanda, uh, and Devata Kanda. Uh, sometimes you call them Pasana Kanda. Uh, the section dealing with the worship of the Vedas, the section dealing with, with ritualistic activities, and Brahmakanda, the section dealing with transcendence. They ultimately, so this is his, this summarizes the topic. The Vedas are divided into three, Karmakanda, Brahmakanda, Devatakanda. They ultimately indicate worship of me, Brahmatma, Vishaya. This is their true subject. This is their true subject. Then, this is in quotation marks, then why do the mantras or the sages who reveal the mantras not clearly speak? But you, why? Why? Why, so, why is this concealment? Uh, and then uh, Vishnu Chagavardi continues, they speak indirectly, not directly. Question, what is the intention of not saying this directly? 
answer <laughs> because he's channeling Krishna here. Understanding that I prefer indirect speech, they speak that way because <laughs> that's what I like. <laughs> I, I like indirect speech. Uh, uh, of course, there's more to be said about that. Uh, and uh, we, we should look at uh, the, uh, when the BBT is discussing this. Um, uh, um, uh, in the previous verse, Lord Krishna clearly refuted the concept that Vedic knowledge is meant for material enjoyment. So we, we've seen that. And here the Lord summarizes, following here Vishwamit Chakra, summarizes everything. He summarizes the actual purpose of Vedic literature, self-realization. That's what it's really about. Although the conditioned souls are struggling in the network of material energy, their actual existence is, is transcendental freedom of the kingdom of God. The Vedas gradually lift the conditioned soul out of the darkness of illusion and establish him in the eternal loving service of the Lord. As stated in the Vedanta Sutra 4.4.23, Anavrita Shabdhat. This is one of the very terse sutras of the Vedanta Sutra. One who properly hears Vedic knowledge does not have to return to the cycle of birth and death. Shabda, by sound, being Vedic sound, anavrita, there is no coming back. That's what this sutra uh, uh, says. Then they conclude, one may ask why the Lord himself, as well as the Lord's representatives, the Vedic seers and mantras, speak in esoteric or indirect terms. As the Lord states in Bhagavad Gita, naham prakasha, Sarvasha, the Supreme Lord does not allow himself to be taken cheaply, and thus he is not manifest to superficial or inimical uh, people. Those who are polluted by the material atmosphere are induced to purify themselves through Vedic rituals that offer fruitive results, just as a child is induced, induced to take medicine by the offer of a candy reward. So that's already, that was the example already given in this chapter. Because of the confidential nature of the Vedic exposition, less intelligent persons cannot appreciate the ultimate transcendental purpose of the Vedas, and consequently, they fall down to the platform of sense gratification. So here the word is that, that this, uh, the other meaning of the word uh, paroksha uh, is confidential. And this is a word that uh, we'll discuss, I guess, next time, because we're running out of time, in the Bhagavad Gita. Guhyam, secret, confidential. And Prabhupada one time explains this, or maybe several times, confidential means not everyone will be able to appreciate it. You tell them right off the bat, and they what's that not interested uh, um, not everyone will be able to appreciate it so they consider here now that they continue the term brahmatma spirit soul ultimately indicates the supreme personality of godhead it could also be the lord that's true 
who states in the Bhagavad Gita that knowledge of him is Raja Gusham, uh, the key, most secret, the king of secrets, really secret, uh, the topmost secret, uh, is the most confidential of all secrets. One who depends on material sense perception remains in gross ignorance of the absolute truth. Because sense gratification makes us stupid. And even if you are very bright, very talented, very skilled, the top of your profession, if your aim is sense gratification, you are to that extent stupid. Even though your search is for the ultimate truth, you begin with even certain premises that, uh, that we have to investigate in this way. The rules of our investigation, like material science, the rules of our investigation are that you have to be limited to sense perception. And by sense perception means our sense perception, what we can see by our contaminated senses. That's the rule to begin with. Who makes rules? You can't prove a rule. It's, it's, it's set up. Some, somebody says, these are the rules. And once in a while, you know, somebody breaks the rules and, you know, Newtonian physics had rules. And when somebody finally broke them, you know, we, there were some uh, additional areas for exploration. But I can tell you this about material knowledge. Whatever we know, using the term we know, whenever you see, you know, we know that, it's wrong. And when they know more, and they say, well, we used to know, but now we think, what we now know is tomorrow's we used to think, because now we know more. It will continue to change. It will continue to change because of the, the limitations, and those limitations are set by our stupidity and by our abil ability to have real perception. Because perception of divinity is within the grasp of human beings. But they have to follow certain things to be able to perceive. These are the rules set by Krishna. In fact, not only Krishna, but, you know, Krishna in many guises. And the, the spiritual works all over the world, they have basically the basic same single rules are there, so... Uh, one who depends upon mental, mental and intellectual speculation may get a clue that the eternal soul and super soul are both within the material body. You can go that far. Now, as you go at least into the material mode of goodness, because it's mentioned in the Bhagavad Gita that knowledge depends upon goodness, you can get that far. And that's the basis of most uh, uh, religious or spiritual knowledge, some inkling of the super soul, and even some experience of the super soul. Having had that experience, you're convinced. And you can't even say, why are you so sure? But you're sure. Even if by all the rules, you have no right to be so certain, you, you are. Because that, that realization is, once you have this experience, you can no more doubt God's existence, super soul's existence, than you can doubt your own. And as Descartes showed, that's hard to do, saying I don't exist because who's saying it? <laughs> it's, so, uh, 
But one who depends upon the Lord himself, faithfully hearing the Lord's messages in Bhagavad Gita, perfectly understands the entire situation and goes back home, back to Godhead, having fulfilled the true purpose of Vedic knowledge. The next step is actually realization of Bhagavan. You can have some inkling of Brahman, you can have even a little bit of Paramatma, but for Bhagavan realization, then you have to, this is the Bhagavad Gita, which is really almost nursery school Sanskrit. It's about as simple as you can get. I took a one-year college course in Sanskrit, and by the end of the year, with the help of the dictionary, you can read the Bhagavad Gita. And still, how many people don't understand it at all? In fact, systematically misunderstand it because they don't do what it says to do. In order to understand this book, you have to do this. So therefore, paroksha. Even the Bhagavad Gita, Krishna takes and spills the beans. You know, he says, I'm, here's the survey of the Vedic knowledge, and I'm just telling you what the conclusion is. And it's in simple nursery school Sanskrit, you know, grade school Sanskrit anyway. Uh, here it is, and still they don't understand. Why don't they understand? Because it's paroksha. It's gujam. So, what can you do? So anyway, I guess we better we better better stop here. Uh, 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 yeah, I, I have more to say about this. Go into a little more detail, huh? Uh, but if you want to ask about this when we talk, then we'll maybe have to get into it a little more. I don't know, but the time is running out. So we better stop. So I'll, I'll stop now, and now we will switch over. So we'll, 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 next week we'll start off with a little more text 35 and then, then continue into the more esoteric realms. <laughs> okay, let me just switch this over. Uh, microphone on, so if you call in on here, we can all hear you. To make sure that uh, sound volume is up. There it is. Yeah, and you can text in if you're on the on the stream. And, uh, we'll read your comment or question out loud. Okay. So, one question is: for those of us who worked hard to send our children to the best schools and who have tried our best to make our spouses happy should be considered foolish businessmen? Uh, I didn't say it. <laughs> Krishna said it. Uh, if, if you think that's it, I mean, you could do those other things, but if the, the general rule is that, that, that doing all these things and doing it in such a way that it is an impediment to advancement in Krishna consciousness. That's foolish. That's foolish. Uh, there, Krishna consciousness, I mean, especially devotional service, is actually designed for everybody. And that uh, it's not just for renunciates, it's not just for brahmacharis and sannyasis, not just for old people, uh, but it's for everybody who are in the thick of life, uh, like Arjuna, who was, in fact, a householder. 
uh, and uh, not only did he have several wives, but he was also the husband of a wife who had <laughs> other husbands. So a very that's you know that's the thick of it <laughs> in a way you know from both directions there. Uh, he's married, <laughs> uh, and. Uh, but, but as far as my understanding goes, uh, how, how, how much should we do? We should do, if, if we start doing things that are fatal to our spiritual advancement, then, then uh, we, we should step back and, and do, do something else. I mean, in Prabhupada, he didn't stop being a householder. Uh, when he met Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati Thakur, but at a certain point, he did turn out, didn't turn down uh, his biggest possible material uh, prospect, uh, because because he was going to be able to become the next person who was in charge of this uh, gigantic uh, uh, pharmaceutical big pharmaceutical country company. The, 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 his, 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 what do you call it? his sponsor, the man who, who, for whom Prabhupada was the protege, had no sons, and Prabhupada seemed to be the next in line to become the head of this pharmaceutical uh, concern. And he decided not to do that because, because it would be such an absorbing thing, he would not have any time for Krishna consciousness. Because he had a wife and he had children, he instead got a, a, a kind of a, a distribution in a certain place, a pharmacy with a distributing to other people, and had a business that way, which was much less than he was able to. And I think his his wife and wife's family after that sort of became his enemies because, you know, it was an arranged marriage. I mean, he was very very young when this marriage was was, was arranged for him. On the, on the bride's side, it was the deal it was based on the husband's future prospects. And when he reneged on that, people felt cheated, I think. So he, he did turn down a certain level of material advancement uh, to the extent that it would conflict with his own spiritual uh, advancement. And uh, he continued so that he could continue in Krishna consciousness, but maintained his obligations. Uh, to his wife, and you know, after he took sannyas, and then when he had some followers in the West, money was coming, and he sent some. He supported his his wife, and, and uh, even helped his sons out some. I think uh, the course of things. I don't particularly know much about his dealings in that way, but I, I think I know enough to know that they were there. It was a concern for him. Okay, um, Dinesh asks. Uh, in Bhagavad Gita 6.41, the Lord says the unsuccessful yogis attain heavenly planets and enjoy for many years and then come back to earth and take birth in aristocratic families. Is it really a reward or punishment as there is a chance to get carried away in sense pleasure? Is this principle applicable even for bhakti yogis? Now, here's the same thing has been said that these guys are saying. You go up, you come back down again. Um, um, uh, this is the second level 
by the way, because the, 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 the next verse, or you can take birth in, here on earth, but in a very highly devoted family, and that's a better chance. Uh, uh, so so uh, this is the consolation prize. Uh, if you're a yogi and you, you're not a devotee, you'll go up, you'll come back down again, and then you may take birth in some, some just as it says here. Uh, and that's, that, Krishna says, that's with a little advancement. Even more advancement, what does the next verse to say? You take birth in a, um, I don't have the page here, uh, a, a, a family of, um, what was that text there? Uh, 641. 641, yes, thank you. Um, the, six, the unsuccessful yogi, after many years of enjoyment of the planets, you're the pious uh, a family of uh, uh, Suchinam Srimatam, uh, those who are pious, uh, prosperous. Uh, uh. Or, and then Prabhupada puts in brackets, if unsuccessful after a long practice of yoga, this is not actually said in the text, he takes birth in a family of transcendentalists, of, of the Dimatam, those family where they with, with, uh, uh, have, have great wisdom. This birth is uh, very rare. So after long practice of yoga, uh, so you've not quite made it, you will not take that, that, that detour into the heavenly planets and then back to here. You, you will actually uh, take this higher birth uh, and that you, where you will continue. Uh, and Prabhupada says about these, birth in a family of yogis or transcendentalists, those with great wisdom, is praised herein because the child born in such a family receives spiritual impetus from the very beginning of his life. It, it is especially the case in the Acharya or Goswami families. Uh, uh, such families are very learned and devoted by tradition and training. You have this chance from your very childhood. Uh, and your mother's milk is prasadam. Because she's only been drinking milk. <laughs> and thus they become spiritual masters. Many mentions they have for families like this in India, but unfortunately most of them are degraded. degraded. But then he says it is certainly very fortunate to take birth in these families of transit, trans, he says, then there are some families of traditionalists who are there. He says, these are fortunate. Uh, fortunately, both are spiritual master, Om Vishnupad, Sri Srimad Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati Goswami Maharaj, and our humble self had the opportunity to take birth in such families by the grace of the Lord. And both of us were trained in the devotional service of the Lord from the very beginning of our lives. Later on, we met by the order of the transcendental system. So he's saying there was arrangement in this, that both he and his spiritual master had these, good, these exceptional births. And it was all part of Krishna. The transcendental system is Krishna's plan. That's to put them together. So that, that's the... Because in the next verse, on taking such a birth, he revives the divine consciousness of his previous life and again tries to make further progress in order to achieve complete success, O son of Kuru. 
By virtue of divine consciousness of his previous life, he automatically becomes attracted to the yogic principles, not usual in young kids. Even without seeking them, such an inquisitive transcendentalist stands always above the ritualistic principles of the uh, uh, scriptures. And then he has a little more progress to make and then liberated. That's what it says there. Okay. Kendra S. In one sense, it sounds like the qualifications for going back to Godhead are far beyond a conditioned and attached person's capability, even if they follow the Vedas and or become advanced in yoga. In another sense, Srila Prabhupada seems to indicate that simply by following his basic instructions it is possible. Doesn't a person have to be constantly meditating on Krishna and Krishna's pastimes to be qualified to enter the pure spiritual atmosphere? Well, you have to want Krishna more than you want anything here. Uh, that's a fact. That's a fact. Uh, and and uh, so you should, we should do everything we can to advance toward that, that goal. And that what we what the, you 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 really have to come to see the world for what it is. Dukalayam ashasvatam. And if you think there's something really cool here, there are a few cool things. <laughs> but you think you know if you like any of those you know enough to come back for, that that's what one may do. Or even if you're enhanced, uh, attracted by the the higher elevated sattvic sense gratification that, that's in the heavenly planets, you, you may go there. You really have to want Krishna most. That being said, uh, um, uh, at, at least um, the, the evidence of the nature of the material world as you grow older becomes clearer and clearer. And actually, uh, growing old is the natural time for renunciation. It really helps uh, in that respect. So for the enjoying world, old age is a curse. For the transcendentalist, old age is a blessing, if you take it in the right spirit. And you can use that, 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 that energy, first, first of all, just having lived long enough to see what's going on. <laughs> Because, uh, you know, when you're young, uh, the world is like at all these possibilities. You're, you think you can do everything. You know, everything, everything is in my grasp. It's all there. But then every time you, you choose to do, see, say, say you've got ideas, you can do so many things, but you choose one thing. Because you, have, you, know, you have to do one thing. When it comes down to it, you have to do this and not that. With your whole energy, you can't do everything. And so once, you know, like if you're a guy, you know, beautiful women all over the world, and you can kind of think, wow, you know, all these beautiful women. But then finally, you know, you've got to make a commitment. And as soon as you make a commitment to one, you've given up a million. <laughs> of course, the millions are all possible. <laughs> not, uh, and, and then every time you make a choice of what you're 
what your profession is going to be, what you, where you're going to live. You decide to live in this city. You give up so many other cities. You, you have these friends. All these other cool people will never be your friends, you know, and so on and so forth. Uh, so it's constant narrowing down as you go on of, of possibilities. And then at a certain age, people tend to feel trapped. <laughs> I can't get, this is what I have my choices. I'm living in the consequences. I can't go back and do it over again. And I've got what I have now. And maybe I made some mistakes. So I could have done better. And then they start lamenting all those possibilities that they gave up. And then they want... This is how you want it. This is how you take birth again. I never got to do this. I never got to do that. I never had this chance. I never had that chance. Yeah. Watch out. Yeah. <clears throat> We're going to serve people. These souls that worship the demigods, as it says there, that you know they'll go up and enjoy in the heavenly planets, and then they'll come back down and be born in an aristocratic family, mm-hmm. and you know have an, an opulent mm-hmm. circumstance. There's no guarantee of that. No, there? there's no guarantee. You know that's usually what happens. That's usually what happens. But you can make mistakes. You could do something wrong. You can trip up in different ways. Uh, I mean, actually, for foreign Vedic sacrifice, you make technical mistakes. We read about them in the Bhagavatam. Even the priest says the wrong words. and You know, and, uh, uh, instead of becoming the enemy of Indra, Indra becomes your enemy or something like that, you know. Because <laughs> <laughs> of a mispronunciation of the, of the mantras, you know. So you have to be careful. Yeah, it's, it's risky. Uh, it, it, it's, it's, it's always risky. Uh, even, you know, we hear stories that, that uh, people in the heavenly planets get cursed. Indra gets cursed. Uh, they commit a, they get proud. They, they forget, to, you know, they, they have their, you know, you, you can get cursed in the heavenly planets. So you, can, you can trip up. Narada Muni tells a story about, you know, how he was singing uh, 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 instead of singing Krishna Bhajans, he was singing hymns and praise of the Devatas, a proper called cinema songs. He means pop music. Uh, 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 you have to be an Indian to know what a cinema song is, you know. Uh, but but uh, uh, this is uh, this is what this is what he was doing. So so he he, he was a Gandharva. He was a Gandharva. Gandharva, and uh, and uh, he can absorbed in that kind of stuff. So there's, as long as you're in the material world, there's danger. There's danger. That's what, that's why, uh, you know, the, 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 the spiritual world is that, described in the Bhagavad Gita, is that place that once having gone, you don't come back. You don't come back. Unless it's Krishna's desire for some spiritual purpose, you can come back down there. But you don't come back. It's not built into the system. Thank you. All right. So we'll continue a little bit more about the Gujam, uh, the secret or the Paroksha, 
uh, and uh, the, the concealed nature of the Vedas. A few more things to be said about that, and then, and then continue in this uh, interesting discussion of the esoteric features of Vedic sound. Until next week, thank you very much. Srila Prabhupada, Ki Jai, Srimad Bhagavatam, Ki Jai.